Welcome to the MTechCast, where we talk to industry experts about emerging technologies. Brought to you by CompTIA's Emerging Technology Community. Hello and welcome to the MTechCast. My name is Jim Hamilton and I'm glad you joined us. Today we have Dr. James Stanger, who is the Chief Technology Evangelist for CompTIA. James, welcome to the MTech Podcast. Hey, thanks, man. It's great to be here. It's always good working with you, Jim, and uh, talking about various things. Awesome. So, James, you're CompTIA's Chief Technology Evangelist. That's uh, an interesting title. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself for our listeners? It is quite the title. It's one of those, you know, flashy things. Uh, uh, What I do as the Chief Technology Evangelist is I go around, uh, frankly, the world talking to IT professionals people who hire IT professionals, executives, and talk about various issues and uh, various needs in the, uh, uh, in the IT industry. It's, it's a lot of fun. And then I uh, bring that feedback back to our content folks, back to our uh, exam developers, and they uh, use it to help shape the products. So you recently wrote an article for CompTIA's um, magazine, CompTIA World, on the future gap, a really interesting topic which talks about what's possible with technology, but the gap between what's possible and what's actually implemented. Can you tell us a little bit more about the future gap and why you find this such an interesting topic? You bet. We find that that there are a lot of gaps that we talk about uh, uh, in the IT industry. Uh, one that has been discussed for you know almost ad nauseum really is the idea of the skills gap. That there are various IT jobs out there that are going unfilled because we can't find the individuals with the skills to fill them. But then we started looking into other kind of gaps that are going on. Uh, uh, there's the uh, there are various uh, gender gap diversity gaps going on, and we started kind of doing a, a, basically a kind of a root cause analysis, as it were. You know what's causing a lot of these gaps, and frankly, the answer is a part of the answer is this future gap that we that we've identified. And with this future gap, it's basically that a lot of people in the industry are saying, yeah, there are future technologies out there, AI. Uh, even uh, things like blockchain, uh, various technologies. And we've seen this, that, that they never seem to come into fruition. There's always some sort of reason why there's a gap. Now, sometimes it's a perception gap. Like, well, um, if AI is a real thing, uh, anytime we bring uh, some sort of artificial intelligence and actually implement it, a lot of people immediately go, well, that's not artificial intelligence anymore. Kind of like when we go up, to uh, somewhere on the web and we see some sort of bot helping us. Oh, that's not AI, that's just a bot. Well, actually, that is AI. But it's more than just a perceived gap. There are a lot of companies that are, are reluctant to move forward in adopting uh, uh, technologies. And so we call this a future gap. And, and have you ever noticed that things, uh, that various technologies tend to be three to five years away from being implemented? You know, they said that three to five years ago. They said it three to five years ago before that. So what we're trying to do is identify some ways to overcome this future gap because it tends to drive other gaps, including the skills gap and even what I would call a confidence gap. There are a lot of organizations just don't have the confidence to move forward. 
So maybe you can talk a little bit more about that and, and you know, why this future gap is a problem. Um, I, I get the skills gap and the confidence gap. Sure. Um, are, are we also missing opportunity? Uh, is it is it a, a problem, you know, just that our society isn't moving along as quickly as it could? What, what, what's, what's, how is it hurting our society? It's, it's, hurt, it's really hurting uh, a lot of implementation because I would argue that the future gap is really the, uh, the kind of the cause, the, the, the actual how do you want to call it, the uber cause of a lot of these other gaps uh, having to do with uh, our skills gap, diversity gaps, and things like that. And it really has to do with, uh, with, with organizations. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it's not, you can't just point the, the finger in one direction because if you could, we'd all figure it out and, and fire some sort of magic bullet or something and solve the problem. A um, couple of things. A lot of future technologies tend to get uh, developed uh, in some sort of isolation or some sort of uh, uh, some sort of silo, one way or the other. Uh, organizations, uh, when it comes to IoT, IoT is being used right now, but not as efficiently as it could be. So there are still organizations that are kind of wondering, how do we get it going? I was just talking yesterday to. Uh, a bunch of uh, help desk folks at HDI International, the show in Orlando, uh, Florida. They were talking about how they haven't seen as many IoT devices at the help desk. And that tells me that there, that there are uh, still companies implementing it, but there are still companies that really don't want to in one way or the other. And, and that's because they're, in a sense, afraid of implementing uh, something. And I, I would call that a major part of the, the future gap. And, and see, that holds us back from marketing. IoT is a major marketing thing. It holds us back from implementing good business intelligence. It holds us back from a lot of things. And you see similar issues in robotics, uh, in artificial intelligence, and even AR uh, uh, and, um, and uh, uh, virtual reality, seeing a lot of different areas. Yeah, so that's interesting, and you spent a bit of time talking about IoT. But um, you know, what are what are some of the more interesting places where you've seen very pronounced uh, future gaps? Um, you know, my, my mind goes to AR and VR, which is a fascinating technology. Yet mm -hmm. nobody wants to wear these devices on their head, or just how we realize it. Where do you see you know some really interesting examples of the future gap? I think uh, some of the examples of the future gap, let's put it this way. We've been talking about the cloud for, gosh, what, 10 years? Longer, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And we've only seen implementation, true, you know, really strong implementation of it over the last three to five years. And there are a lot of companies that are still moving forward to it. And I'm not talking about the typical, uh, well, the finance industry has been a little slow in it because banks haven't been, you know, uh, do, uh, you know haven't been too sure about it. Uh, you know, they got sure about it a while back. But we're still only seeing implementations of it. So I would offer uh, the cloud as one of those That's examples. Um, uh, we don't really think about cloud as emerging technology, do we? Yet, yet no, we don't. It's not, no, it's better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, you're right, man. It, 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 it's like, oh, come on. That's not an emerging tech. Well, in the world of reality and actual implementation, yeah, there, there are a few, there's, that is an example of a, of a future gap. Uh, right. you, you have uh, uh, usually some of these future gap, things that drive this, that, that gap are people aren't too sure about X technology. Uh, you could use blockchain. Some people are like, well, that's just you know for Bitcoin or for you know uh, Ripple or some sort of uh, 
uh, I'll say Ethereum, some sort of cryptocurrency. Uh, other people say, well, no, it's not for cryptocurrency. It's for uh, supply chain management or it's for smart contracts. Two very different views. And what happens is you have organizations that kind of, you know, back to what I was saying earlier, kind of develop things a bit in isolation and they don't use open standard kind of development like they did with uh, all of the TCPIP protocols, the web. That was open development. People could see the standards more openly. Some of these things aren't done as openly. That's one of the first things. I think another thing that drives uh, the future gap though are uh, sometimes I think as, as small businesses, medium businesses, they wait until something is absolutely perfectly packaged and then they reach out and buy it. And, and that's fine, but I think that one of the things that you can do to overcome the future gap from a small to medium business is something like, hey, uh, why not do a proof of, uh, if not proof of concept, but a proof of reality kind of uh, implementation mm. where you just say, look, let's do a pilot project on something. Let's identify a business need and then take a few steps to see if this thing really works for us. It wouldn't be that costly, and yet it can make your business jump ahead considerably. Interesting. In an era of perpetual disruption, much of it propelled by breakthroughs in business technology, access to industry insights and expertise is more essential than ever. So is CompTIA. We're your nonprofit global tech association connecting leading innovators with the experienced technology solution providers who together are actively redefining the state of business technology. If your business builds, sells, influences, or drives the adoption of technology, CompTIA is the place for you. We help you and all the levels of your organization succeed through unbiased industry insight, credible guidance, and supportive collaborations that help you transform the way you do business. Become a member today at comptia.org slash register. So, you know, I think about just, we, we hear all the time about the pace of change and how it's accelerating and new technology, it's, it's mind boggling. I don't know if you've been following the news about the first photograph of a black hole using an array of telescopes across the earth, effectively using the telescope to photograph a black hole. <laughs> mind blowing, right? Amazing, yeah. Yeah, that's just one example of the pace of change that is happening. So my question to you is, is the future gap here to stay and is it just going to keep getting worse? Or are we somehow going to figure out this um, gap between what's possible and what's implemented and get much better at it? That's a good question. Uh, you know, uh, what's going to happen is this future gap is going to basically take a, start taking a toll because we're seeing, um, you could argue that historically there are eras in the 18th century or, or even earlier where technology moved so fast that it kind of left humanity people behind, behind. Or, or people behind or, or, or entire institutions behind. We, we saw that. We're in one of those kinds of phases. Uh, uh, we've seen technology move quickly, you know, with the invention, as it were, of the, uh, the Internet, uh, or at least the popularization of the Internet through the 90s or, and into the 2000s. And, and you get it, you know, moving from Web 1.0 to 2.0 that we're living in. Trust me, it's going to go so much faster and it will leave people behind. And by people... Uh, in some ways, I'm not too worried about the individuals. I really, right now, people talk about AI is going to replace everybody's job, but I don't quite believe that. I think it's going to morph people's jobs. 
but the thing is, all of these changes are going to happen so much more quickly that rather than over a period of 10 years or, or five years or whatever, it's going to happen so quickly that people will be left behind. That's why I'm a really big believer in a couple of things. Um, I call it the emerging tech trifecta. Um, if you want to try to keep track of these new types of technology, I would argue you would uh, pay really close attention to the web itself, inventions in the web. Sounds kind of odd, but trust me, a lot of the cool things that happen, whether it be orchestration and automation and this thing called Kubernetes, it started because of web, uh, people wanting to automate web technologies and web servers and, and services. So that's one thing, the web. I would then focus on open source in general. The open source movement uh, generates a lot of interesting stuff. Case in point, uh, years ago we talked about big data. You know, now we, we talk about data science, but uh, big data was always about, you know, Hadoop, remember that, and then on Linux, right? I guess my point is, is that a lot of new technologies come in through uh, the open source world. Linux did, blockchain has, Hadoop. Uh, that's my point. So the web, open source, and Linux. I call it kind of the, the emerging tech trifecta or the hat trick, uh, you know, three things. Um, if you can keep track of those, I think a lot of these future technologies that are really truly being implemented, I think you can come to an understanding of them and, and keep track of them. And as the news comes in, you can say, well, that's hype. Or as the news comes in, oh, that's actually real. And that's something as a business we can uh, – take action on. Yeah, that's fascinating. And you give the example of, you know, one of the best ways or, or a way to address this, this future gap is to do pilot projects with inside yeah. businesses. You mentioned some of the, the, the simple strategies that businesses can employ to address this, this future gap, you know, do a pilot project. Are there other things that businesses can be thinking about uh, that, that can help mitigate this? You bet. I think the first thing, too, is uh, a lot of businesses want to omit some form of training, and it doesn't have to be formal training where you take all of your workers offline, you know, for a week while they go out and learn X, you know, whether that be cybersecurity cloud or blockchain or whatever. You don't have to do that. I think that uh, putting in informal training on some level on some particular, not form of, of new technology, I think that would be a, a punch in the air, if you know what I'm trying to say. The right way to address this would be identify a business need, and then start identifying, are there, is there a technology that can help us address this business need? Uh, and then as you see a new technology coming in, uh, you, know, you have to ask yourself, will it really help me? Uh, or, or is it you know, something that I can afford to ignore? Uh, you can't let the technology tail you know, wag the business dog. But on the other hand, um, uh, a lot of times these business problems that we have uh, they can be solved by technology, and you have to be very savvy and very aware when these uh, uh, new technologies come in because uh, it might be a business solution looking at you in the face, but you're just not quite aware of it. Right. We recently, uh, in fact, on the last podcast, we had Maddie Martin on from Smith AI, and it was all about the the bright side of AI, right? And I asked right. her the question, you know, are you a glass half full, glass half empty with respect to AI? And she said, I'm a glass is overflowing. And she gave us all kinds of great examples that the way AI could make our lives better. So my question to you is, you know, you're talking about the future gap, which is real, has real consequences and real things that need to be addressed. Are you positive and feeling optimistic about emerging tech and its impact on our lives, given what you're seeing? 
I'm cautiously optimistic as long as uh, individuals and businesses uh, find ways to evaluate new technologies, as long as they find ways to evaluate these new opportunities, then I think we'll all be in really good shape. I really do. Um, if people find ways to resist it on one level or the other uh, uh, to, or try to ignore it, then, then you have issues. And Maddie is terrific. Uh, I talked, uh, talked with her uh, also, a, a gentleman from Crush Bank, uh, Mr. Tan, and he—they uh, both were talking about uh, very positive ways that AI can help. And here's an example: <clears throat> if you ask a help desk person, and if you ask a pen tester, what are the—you know—what is the thing that kind of is soul-crushing about your job? You know, to get into the negative side of things, um, both of them will say repetition. Interestingly enough. You say, do you want to see repetition? Uh, you know, that's at the help desk that, you know, it can really be a problem and kind of toxic in, in, in people's lives. And I brought that up to a, a, a pen tester. He said, you want to talk about repetition, James? You know, pen testing is very repetitive. Uh, security analysts, you know, the other side of the pen tester, they'll say the same thing. And both, all three of them were like, you know, uh, unless AI gets really good and turns into Arnold Schwarzenegger and terminates us all, uh, terminates our jobs, <laughs> the opportunity for AI to come in and eliminate the repetitive parts of our job, that opportunity right there frees up workers. So um, it, it's something that doesn't free them from their jobs. It actually frees them from the repetitive parts of jobs. So I remain uh, positive about that portion of it. Are there going to be some people who cynically say, hey, we can automate everything and we don't need uh, people anymore? Yeah, I think they're going to see a lot of that. There's a lot of greed in the world. I also think that the serious players are the ones that go, look, there is a, a problem here in that there's technology waiting in the wings. It's, it's here, but we're just not quite taking advantage of it. That's, that's another way of looking at the future gap. And, uh, and sometimes it's through fear. Sometimes it's like, well, gee, I don't want to hire all of these fancy programmers to do business intelligence or fancy programmers to do blockchain. But all of those things now from uh, um, uh, business intelligence, they're, they're now being put into the cloud. They're now being commodified. We're seeing the same thing happen more quickly than usual with an emerging technology like blockchain, uh, uh, even uh, uh, VR and, uh, and uh, augmented reality. They're, they're getting into being commodified more and more. So there's no reason to be uh, skeptical of them. Uh, anymore. Right. Well, that's fantastic. CompTIA benefits provide members with a wealth of resources that, when leveraged, result in measurable impact, helping to grow IT businesses and careers. Become a member today at comptia.org slash register. I saw you present recently at CompTIA's Communities and Councils Forum and uh, on the Future Gap, and I remember these great um, retro pictures of the future, you know, that were heavily influenced by, you know, the, the time when we were building all kinds of infrastructure, so it was very infrastructure heavy. It was really cool. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to do the same thing and um, paint uh, a 10-year-out view of the future and uh, maybe even talk a little bit, you know, what the future gap could look like then. So where do you think we're going with all of this emerging tech? Uh, you know, just, just paint, a, paint a picture for us 10 years out. 
I think 10 years out, you are still going to see help desk people and service desk people. Uh, they'll even be talking about tiers. But what's inside of those old bottles will be new wine. In other words, what's inside of those, those same old concepts will be radically changed. Uh, um, and maybe some of the terms will be different or whatever. It's kind of like uh, in 1900, there were a lot of blacksmiths running around. Uh, I was at a place called Mohonk Mountain House up in uh, New York where they actually had a blacksmith working on things. That was one. It's probably one in the entire state of New York. But all of those blacksmiths went over and became mechanics. So today, you could say in 10 years, well, a lot of those mechanics may not be around because we're going to have a lot of automated solutions doing that. It's the same sort of thing with help desk, with pen testers, with, uh, um, uh, with security analysts. I'll just name those three job roles. I think that those job roles will still be there. They'll just look very different. I also think that uh, 10 years ago, a lot of people felt there's no, going to be no need for help desk, that sort of thing, because PCs, people aren't fixing them anymore. They don't cost $3,000. They cost $300. And mobile phones you can't fix you know, break fix because they're mobile phones. You just kind of replace them. Yet there are more help desk jobs than ever before now. And that's because we've shifted. Uh, it's the same way with the security industry years ago. They said, well, we've got vulnerability scans that are automated. We don't need those pen testers. We need them more than ever before. It's just the skill levels that we put in, that we expect in those job roles will go uh, much further north. So that would be uh, one of my predictions. I think the, I think the other one is that we're going to see a continued shift away from supporting systems and even supporting people, and it's going to be more supporting information and people. I think it's, if, we, if we shift our mindset to uh, supporting how people uh, use information and in a much more human-centric way of providing uh, support or providing security services, I think that's another key to understanding the future gap. Awesome. Well, this has been an absolutely fascinating conversation, James. I appreciate you being on the MTech cast with us today. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it, Jim. All right. Let's do this again. Take care. Thanks for listening to the MTech cast. To learn more about CompTIA's emerging technology community, visit comptia.org slash communities.